0: Bless, the, bless his boss his boss turned around to him and says what's the matter Jim don't you want to serve me the last experience that I the one that I guess really affected me the most was while I was in high school I was scrounging for money to go to college and so was taking on just about any job that I could and one of the jobs that I got was singing in the Episcopal Choir in, down in Muskogee now the Episcopal choir, Episcopal Church down in Muskogee was a fairly well-to-do church and if they didn't have enough people in certain uh, uh, voices they'd hire them and so I got hired as uh, uh, one of the lead tenors for the Episcopal Choir at uh, the First Episcopal Church down in Muskogee they of course didn't have communion every Sunday either when they did I thought Communion's communion. And although we don't sit in the pews and take it, we have to go up to the altar and take it, I figured it was my right and duty and privilege to take communion. You can't imagine the firestorm that erupted that following week when his board of supervisors or whoever it was there at the church called Rector Palmer on the carpet. Why are you letting that boy take communion he's not an Episcopalian he's not he doesn't have the privilege Rector Palmer uh, he and I had worked together I was working after school at the funeral home and, and so I had a lot of contact with him but I'll never forget Rector Palmer he told him he says I don't have the right to refuse him he's a believer and neither you nor I can deny him. Who does have the right to uh, to invite me to participate then? I can't invite you. Harold can't invite you. Our elders, deacons, men who serve, they can't invite you. This congregation cannot invite you if you're a visitor. We'll, we find the Uh, the um, uh, lessons of the start of communion in Matthew the 26th chapter and Mark the 14th chapter and Luke the 22nd chapter we find that Jesus was the host Jesus is the one that invites you so we can neither invite nor deny you the participation Uh, Paul records uh, his um, Remembrance of the Lord's Supper In 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter And um, many who give this uh, Meditation will stop after the uh, uh, 26th uh, verse But we need to go further than that Because in the 27th through the 29th verses We're told that each of us must examine ourselves. Taken in an one wor- one unworthy manner, you eat and drink judgment on ourselves. First and foremost, we must remember that the Lord, it was the Lord who invited us. He emphasized only that one condition, and if, if you have a chance to look at the front of our table, you'll notice says that we do this in remembrance of me let's pray our father in heaven we're so thankful for this act that you've given to us so that we can remember you whenever we gather together we thank you dear god for uh for all of those throughout the world who are participating on this day with us we thank you dear God for your blessings and we pray that your blessing will be on each and every one of us as we partake these things we humbly pray in Christ's name Amen (音楽) We'll be right back. back. i had a i had uncle will uncle william down in Muskogee. and um, he was pretty well to do because of my grandfather who set him up in cotton gin business and uh, uh an orchard up here in bixby and uh various other, uh, southern, uh other um uh enterprises so he was w- pretty well to do not rich by any, any means but he had uh, crews that worked for him and uh uh the little church that he belonged to down in Muskogee, uh they got in the habit of if they had a project to do, well, call Will, let Will do it. And he did. Uh they built a an educational facility for a small school there, uh at the church, and uh he brought his crew out and they built the building. I don't know where the uh, money came from for the for the materials and all, but I don't think it came from the church. So, uh, surely uh, it came from my uncle. That that little church uh, really suffered when Will was no longer able to to let Will do it. I'm so glad that we all had the opportunity to participate. In Luke, and in uh, Luke 21, and in Mark 12, Christ refers to the uh, to the widow who gave the widow's might, and that she gave of her all. We all need to participate in the sport of uh, the work here at the church. Now I know that many young couples, especially, and many older couples too, just can't get along on ninety percent. Seems impossible in this day of of credit and. Uh, uh, money demands on us Uh, I've been in that same situation and I thought I just can't do it my wife taught me a lesson bless her heart taught me that if we put it in first give it first then we never miss it I guess the government uh, uh, learned from, uh, from that situation too because You know, they take out your taxes first and all, and you never see it, so you never miss it. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, it tells us to lay up our treasures in heaven. That's what we need. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessings you've given us. We thank you that uh, uh, for uh, these offerings that will be made today. We just pray, dear God, that uh, the leaders of our congregation uh, will use this money wisely and to your glory. Go with us now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: The learning but my vision for the boutique is that we all learn the music together. I don't want come the 31st of March for you all to to be here and to watch me sing. I want you all to participate because that's how we worship. I want to stand up and I want to praise the Lord and I want to sing loudly I want everybody to sing loudly not just myself So that's that's what I want to do over the next few weeks I want to bring the songs that we're going to be singing during the boutique so that we all have a chance to learn them together. So that on the 31st, we can all enjoy in each other's voices and each other lifting up the Lord in praise together rather than you trying to learn the songs from the screen as I sing them. So this next song, it's called Your Love is Extravagant. I got this CD from Jenna a week ago. Was it about a week ago? I love this song. Um, It's very short and very sweet, but it it has a great message. So I hope you guys enjoy it. (laughs)
2: Your love is extravagant Your friendship It isn't meant I feel like moving To the rhythm of your grace, your fragrance is intoxicating in a secret place. Your love is extravagant. The love that covers sin. the covers, see the greater love that I ever know. You considered me a friend, captured my heart again.
1: Stand up, let's sing. Come on.
2: Your love is extravagant Your friendship, it is intimate I feel like moving To the rhythm of your grace, your fragrance is intoxicating in a secret place. Your love is extravagant.
3: interrupt your regular programming with an important announcement for all you men out there. We know about all the important women in your lives. Wives, sisters, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, daughters, second cousins twice removed. And we know all about the special occasions that require you to give a gift to each of these women. Birthdays, anniversaries, dance recitals, Christmas, soccer games, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, Groundhog's Day, National Bare Feet Day. And if you don't remember that gift, it's the doghouse. Oh, no. Well, we have good news that will keep you out of the doghouse. The women of our church are going on a retreat soon, a retreat called Chocolate Boutique, where women taste and see that the Lord is good. On this retreat, they'll laugh, talk, pray, sing, eat chocolate, And get closer to Jesus. Every woman you know wants to go. You can stop at the Chocolate Boutique registration table today and purchase a gift certificate for this event and give it to that special woman. She'll be happy. You'll be the hero. And no one will end up in the doghouse except the dog.
4: ladies you're getting a glimpse of what's being planned for march 31st we as women are so busy raise your hand and i do want you to raise your hand if you're a servant of the lord if you are a mom raise your hand and keep them up i don't know if this is going to work if you're a daughter raise your hands raise them high if you're more than one of those raise your hands ladies it is difficult we are servants of the Lord. We're wives. We're moms. We're daughters. We're chauffeurs. We're the, financi- the financier in some of our homes. We do the grocery shopping. We make sure the kids have clothes. The knees are patched. We wear so many hats. How can we do that effectively if we don't take care of ourselves? We're so busy doing so many other things, but rarely do we take time just for us. That little blurb or commercial was to you men. And it's a serious thing. How much better can we as women fulfill the roles before us every single day if we are encouraged to spend a little bit of time on ourselves? March 31st has been set aside just for that. Some of you have been to women's retreats before or conferences and you've walked away feeling like, never again will I do something like that. And I hope that you will start, if not before now, today, praying about coming and being a part of this one-day event. We have a team of women together that are so excited. And I have become so excited watching them. They love the Lord and they love you, each of you. We are working hard to make this be an event that you will walk away from feeling refreshed and renewed. Also, we are inviting Glenpool Christian Church, the women of that church, to join together with us. It is my understanding they, too, are a smaller congregation. So as the Lord guides us to reach out, to share the vision with others, we are reaching out also to Glenpool Christian Church. Ladies, it's four weeks from today. I know you're busy, and you know you're busy, so I just challenge you today to start, if not today, tomorrow, making arrangements to adjust your schedule, to have the dads step in and take over the roles that you would normally be doing on that day, and that you will start making plans to be here. You will walk away blessed, and those of us who have been working hard will be blessed because you've come. It's not about us. It's all about him. Thank you.
5: I know better than that, too. It's going to be great. I'm so grateful that so many are stepping up and wanting to help do different ministries here at the church. Because without you, we can't do it. And uh, it's just just gratifying to see. Let me mention a couple of prayer needs to you, and uh, then we'll we'll proceed on uh, this morning. Uh, Carson Zumwald is a, a fellow coach with um, Rodney Klein. This is his three-year-old daughter, Carson. She has some infections uh, in her lymph nodes, and so uh, really be praying for her that uh, her body will heal. Uh, Lou, uh, any update on your son-in-law? Did I get that right? He is your son-in-law, Randy. Okay. Keep Randy in your prayers also. Uh, Jim, funeral went okay for Sherry's mom? <clears throat> Brother, come on. Every woman that's here is looking for a guy like you. I guarantee you, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, but it quits overnight, doesn't it? Keep Jim in your prayers also uh, for uh, his well-being. All right. Uh, Megan uh, Ficken, due in a couple of weeks. we will be praying for her and for Daryl. And... uh, no, nope. we've been praying. Kidney stones are gone. We'll just take that off the list then. She's on the list for kidney stone. Never mind. We're leaving her on the list. If it's not one thing, it's another. But anyway, maybe in a couple of weeks we pray. Everything goes well, so keep them in your prayers. Any other prayer needs we need to mention? John? is here this morning where will that be done south crest all right so be praying for linda tuesday morning south crest and uh you know what time that surgery will be linda eight all right keep her in your prayers anybody else take the one take the hand of the one closest to you It's our habit here and let's pray together father we thank you so much for this wonderful day that we've gathered in your house pray father you'll meet the needs of those that have been mentioned this morning those that are on our list ongoing those struggling with cancer that you'll continue to bless father that you'll uh, bring healing Uh, father we thank you so very much for all you do for us watch over linda and her surgery tuesday also for uh, john's friend tommy woodard and liver cancer fighting that and continue to be with sherry and her her father and help his health to improve uh, enough where he'll be able to make the move to oklahoma father what a sad tragic time in their life the loss of sherry's mom but uh, father we know that she's in a far better place and so we thank you for that promise and pray father you just guide us in the rest of our thoughts today in jesus name we pray amen jesus name give a high five all right or pound your neighbor as my boys say all right very good very good jodine how you doing how you feeling surgery went You okay and you're doing good kids are home that's always a good sign except the food bill increases just a smidge girls don't eat like boys though right Ha, ha, ha. You're right. I've watched them at buffet lines. All right. Why do we and why should we come to church every week? That's a legitimate question, isn't it? I mean, I hear a lot of reasons why we're not supposed to come every week. How busy we are. How, well, it's just the same old, same old. Well, preacher's too long. Well, it's too cold. Well, they keep it too hot in there. Well, seats are hard. Well, seats are too soft. Well... Walls are white. Well, it just goes on and on and on. But in my life as a Christian, I've noticed that in every church, there are some Christians who attend every service at the church and of the church whenever it's possible to attend those services. They are present for Bible studies on Sunday morning. Wednesday evenings, they attend both Sunday morning, evening worship. When the church has a gospel meeting, they attend every service. I remember hearing John Hagee say that when he was a kid, he had a drug problem. He said the kind of drug problem that every kid should have. He said, my parents drug me to church, drug me to Sunday school, drug me to, <laughs> you know, yeah, we need those kind of parents that drag their kid out there and don't listen to the kid and let the kid dictate to you what you do at church. You make sure the kid comes to church. Because kids, if given given into their hands, they're not going to do anything. I've thought seriously about getting because we're we're really trying to move up in technology here at the church, and I really thought seriously about on the front two rows in the back of those rows putting wireless PCPs in there. Those are PlayStation portables for kids, and they could only sit on the second row if they wanted to play those during the service. Wouldn't that be fun? You adults would be fighting to get up there to play them, I know. But there are other Christians whose attendance is infrequent. They attend only once on Sunday and they sporadically at that. They don't participate in really Bible studies. They're not present for most services. Uh, you know, especially if there's gospel meetings going on and those are, those are long gone things. I know that, but you know what I'm talking about. Even like the boutique, there'll be a hundred reasons why you ladies will find you can't come. I want to encourage you to find a way to come. Find a way to come. Well, preacher, I'm going to need a babysitter. Well, Jenna, I'm telling you right now, if that's what we need, you let me know and we'll find a babysitter. Okay. All right. Two of them have already raised their hand, said that's what they're going to need. So there you go. Let's, let's get, we're going to get to cracking on that. So don't let that hinder you. When you sign up, say babysitter and we'll make sure we get it covered. Okay. All right. Cause we want you to be here, but why is there a difference between some who attend, never miss, and then those who just really don't care? It seems like. Well, I'm convinced and convicted in my heart that there is a difference between those two kinds of people. And it makes a difference in the spiritual life of a Christian if they're involved in the services and the studies that are provided. And you might say, well, you know, preacher, my God, you know, I, I love you, but uh, you're just kind of dry. Remember, I've told you the story of several years ago. Ladies were gathering here at the church to pray, and one of the prayers that they were praying was that I become a better preacher. To which one of them the next Sunday met me halfway down the aisle and said, we're praying for you that you're going to be a better preacher. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. Thanks. I didn't know I was a lousy preacher. But anyway, I took it in stride and went on. A few weeks later, she met me again. Same area, same same uh, 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 aisle there. And she said, by golly, you're a better preacher. Now the thing I can tell you and assure you, I wasn't doing anything different. So it must have changed in her, is that right? You know, see, prayer can work that way, can't it? It can pray, it can change who you're praying for, but it can also change you in the process, which really sometimes is what needs to happen. I want to share with you some reasons, you know, five or six real quick, why every Christian ought to attend every service. Unless hindered by illness or circumstances beyond their control. There are several reasons why many Christians have chosen to attend as they do. We should attend. Every service, number one, to fulfill the commands of God. The command is not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. You see, the main reason we come is not to hear the fabulous pastor share from the Word of God and expound in such deep thoughts that you leave here going, whoa. That's not why you come. You don't come to hear the fabulous worship team lead us in music that draws your heart into the throne of God. (laughs) And why you come here? You come here, based on what this verse teaches us, to look forward to the day of His coming. Who's coming? Jesus! You got it. You know you're not silly. You know While one may not have abandoned our assembling by attending only once a week, forsaking that one assembly a week becomes a lot easier when you've been in the habit of forsaking other assemblies. I'm troubled. We have a lot of families with young children. We have a Sunday school hour. I know it's early. It's 9.30. But you don't have any problem getting them up and getting them to school by 10 minutes till 8.00. Every day, Monday through Friday. You don't have any problem getting to an athletic event. Saturday morning, 6.30. Hello? I've gone from preaching to meddling, haven't I? Because you see, we find a way to get where the priorities are that we've established for ourselves and for our families. And I would encourage you to make sure that you get your kids here for some Bible education on Sunday morning. Uh, one person told me not not too long ago, they said, well, you, you're not really teaching them anything down there. I said, how do you know that? Well, I just know. And so I always want to say, well, how do you know? Because you see, the essence of it is unless you really are here and you know, then you really, that's it's a statement you can't make. I know the teachers that we have. I know the curriculum that we're putting in their hands to teach. And I believe with all of my heart's, Good, solid Word of God. We're having to combine ages because there's so few children that are coming. Parents, we depend on you to get them here. Would you consider making that a new priority for you and your family as we move through this year of 2007? Secondly, is is the command to edify one another. In Romans 14.19 it says, So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Boy, that's the best way to go, isn't it? I have used sarcasm for so long and, and, and I'm just trying to be funny. But I guess I've learned that my sarcasm, people misconstrue what I'm really trying to say. So I'm working desperately at changing that. So that I'm not as sarcastic as I used to be when I talk about things. And the old phrase that my mother drilled into me that I need drilled every day is if you can't say something good about someone or to someone and don't say anything at all. Well, that works well, doesn't it? I'm going to embarrass Jack Franklin a little bit because I just love, I love to see Jack. I love to meet Jack. Don't you? Because as soon as you see him, you say, how you doing? Terrific terrific. He told me this morning, he said, my feet hit the floor. I had a smile on my face. You know, that is good news, isn't it? If your feet hit the floor and you can smile and say, hello, it's a good day. It's all about attitude, isn't it? So let's find good, positive things to say to each other. Let's find good ways to edify, to build each other up. Simply our presence alone encourages some people. I've had many elderly folks tell me, Preacher, I just can't hear anymore. I said, but you know, your presence alone encourages the young Christians that are here. Please come and be here and show them your faithfulness. Folks, we've gone a step further. We've got hearing impaired uh, items. If you're having a hard time hearing me, it goes through our system. It's wireless. You control the volume. It hangs over your ear. It doesn't go inside your ear in any way. If you have a hearing aid already, it won't work. But if you're just having some struggles hearing, <laughs> I can't imagine anybody having trouble hearing me. But if you can and do, we've got that available for you. So I want you to know that. But can we really say that we're edifying others when we're absent most of the time, when we attend infrequently, when we hardly know the other members? When we're not present to notice it, others have stopped attending. Third thing I want you to see is the command to seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We all have priorities in our life. We must simply put them in right order. Many Christians will not accept a job if it means missing services and yet they find that God provides for their needs. Many Christians will not play sports or other extracurricular activities that conflict with their service to God. It's one thing to miss because one provides critical services to others, medical needs and those types of things. But to miss just to make money, gotta make you wonder. J.C. Penney, one of the most wealthy men of his day, said, If a man's too busy to attend church on Sunday, Sunday night, and prayer meeting on Wednesday night, he's got more business than God intended for him to have. Some stay home on Sunday because of aches and pains, but on Monday you're able to get up and go to work with the same aches and with the same pains. Go to the grocery store, to the mall. Putting Christ first, even before family. Oh, this is a verse that's tough. Luke fourteen twenty six says, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, your mother, your wife, children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. What's he really saying? Are we supposed to hate people? No, that's not what he's saying. He's supposed to say, I have to reign supreme in every area of your life. That's what he's saying, isn't he? You and I have to put Jesus as a higher priority than anything else. Some stay home because the family's visiting. You know what I've always told you? Hey, tell them to be back in an hour. Tell them to have lunch ready, waiting on you. If they don't want to get up and come to church with you, that's fine. Well, well, brother, that's just not good hospitality. Oh, yeah, it is. You gave them free room and board last night, didn't you? Tell them you're going to run to the church for an hour and you'll be back. it be great to have lunch ready. It's all laid out. They just got to put it in the oven, cook it up, and here you go. Well, they'll just get up and leave. Why did they, they come in the first place? You see, what's important to us? Where's the priorities that God wants us to have in our life? Can anyone say that they can faithfully keep such commands when they consistently miss most of the services of the church? Well, I want you to consider also that we should attend every service to secondly grow and develop spiritually. The services are designed for spiritual growth. Hearing the sermons and attending the Bible classes helps a person grow and develop in their maturity as a Christian. Hebrews 5, 12-14 says this, You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Tonight, you're going to have a film, you're going to have a movie, you're going to have a show... On Discovery Channel Highly watched Highly respected channel They're going to be showing you a movie That tells you We found the bones of Jesus Now here's the whole point They want you to believe that They found the bones of Jesus And if they are true Then you and I should not meet next week Why meet? Why in heaven's name should we meet If the bones of Jesus can be found In a tomb in Jerusalem Because that is the benchmark of our faith. Without the resurrection, do we have hope? Zip, we got none. So I'm telling you, if you want to watch that tonight, fine. You ought to come up here to church Bible study. We're gonna have a great time. We always do. Come on up. Bring some finger food. We'll share it together. That's always the best Bible study when you're eating. Amen. So come on. That way, if the if the if the lesson's dull, at least you're getting something good there. Come on. But you're going to get a chance tonight. They're going to try to convince the world that they found the bones of Jesus. Well, what kind of faith you got? Are you going to believe it? Are you? Going to, is it going to rock your faith? Well, it will if you don't come to church very much. If you're one of those that hangs out and hangs loose and drinks the juice, yeah. Even the songs are designed to teach as well as to praise, according to Colossians 3.16. Prayer, the Lord's Supper, even the collection are designed to bring us closer to God as well to one another. Boy, I thought Lou's words today were just powerful, weren't they? Drawing us closer to the Lord. Our growth is dependent upon our diet. One cannot grow as God intended on a starvation diet those who attend irregularly eventually suffer from spiritual malnutrition, leaving them susceptible to temptation, rather than living that joyful, peaceful, spiritual life that God intends. I've never known a person who chose to attend only one service a week to be a strong, faithful Christian. Psalm 1, through 1-6 says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Another reason to attend every service is thirdly to help the church function properly the local church needs workers i was so encouraged this morning as uh, the worship team comes to to prepare they get here early they go through the music they get everything ready to go and then they but they meet up here and pray as they go through things and it was so refreshing this morning to come and there's eight nine people up here praying i can remember many many years when i was the only one standing up here to pray When I was the only one leading up here. Isn't it fun? You don't even see me till this part of the time in the morning. That's great. I know it's great for you. (laughs) And there's times when I get in the back and God is just moving on my heart and I forget I'm supposed to be praying or something up here in the front. And we get that long pregnant pause and here we go. But isn't it a blessing that so many have said, I'll serve, I'll help? We got a graduation happening here in May and there's going to be four or five of these kids gone. We're gonna have to have somebody step up here and help out. Amen. And you, you might say, "Well, I've never played the drums." Well, we've got two people playing them now who've never played them either. They have, they have never played the drums before, but God has gifted them to be able to do it. Isn't that fun? I just think it's great. Well, I don't know how to play the guitar. Well, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. But you can sing. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to come and help John with the sound or Jeff with the PowerPoint. You know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of ways God can use you. The local church needs workers. Ephesians 4, 15, 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We've got some teachers who are just flat burnt out, folks. I'm going to tell you right now. And if we don't teach our children, who is? You're going to wait for the public school to do it? Their hands are tied. You're going to wait for the parents to do it? They're taking them to the school to do it. And then when they really go down the tubes, they come and blame us at the church because we didn't somehow come through for their kids. And my question is, where have you been? Is that legitimate? That's real legitimate. Because you'll pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get your kids involved in sporting activities. I'm not, I'm not degrading any of this. Do not take away from this that I'm all against this. I am not. I'm all for it. You learn so much from sports. And I'm grateful that you have the, have the opportunity to take your kids and get them involved in sports or whatever activity is in their life. I'm grateful for that. But shouldn't church also carry a high priority? Shouldn't the spiritual development of your child carry a high priority well you don't offer anything for my kid you come help me offer it you come help me offer it I've taught kids before I'll teach them again I'm not afraid of them I know you are but I'm not afraid of them I'll hang them up on the peg on the side wall there that don't matter to me and if you say well we'll sue you I'll say well here's my lawyer get on it see I'm not worried about it but I can't teach them if they're not here The church is dependent upon its members. Members who attend infrequently rarely do little else for the church. And yet, if you ask them, do you want the church to grow? Do you want to see souls saved? Do you want to see the weak encouraged? Do you want to see our children have great teachers? Man, their hands will shoot straight up, yes, yes, yes. Well, then I need your help. No, 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 no. Oh, I hear grumbling all the time. Well, how come all these new people are coming in here and I can't all kinds of stuff? well of that? Because the old people aren't doing nothing. Boy, it's quiet in here. Are your toes hurting yet? They ought to be because that was my intention today was to make you a little bit uncomfortable because we've gotten in a comfort zone at our church, and it's time to move out of the comfort zone. Amen. We've talked for three years about doing some work around this church. It's time to get up and do it. Amen. For Jesus. Amen. Oh, some of you are going to leave here and have roast preacher after church. That's all right. Knock yourself out. Take a number. Fourth reason why you ought to attend church every week, every Sunday, every time you can, is to provide a good example and influence. Christians are to set a good example. First Timothy four twelve says, Don't let anyone think you less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live, in your love, and your faith and your purity. I know we're a small church, and we really are. We're a little church. We don't have a lot of activities for every age group. I know that. There are ch- bigger churches that have massive children's programs, and man, we can't compete with them. I'm telling you. There are churches that have massive teenage programs. We can't compete with them. There are churches that have singles ministries. We can't compete with that. There are churches that have senior adult ministries. We can't compete with that. There are churches that have single adult ministries and, and single groups and, and young adult groups, and, and I'm telling you, we can't compete with that. But then I didn't know we were in competition I thought That we were here To seek And to save The lost Is that true Church That we're here to seek and to save the lost See, we've got to set a good example for one another and for those in the world. You see, the world's looking at us. I've given you some Scripture to read later. To provide a good example influence, we need to also be faithful in our attendance, and it's essential for good influence. It sets a good example for babes in Christ, those that are spiritually weak visitors, for our own children. They need to know where you're going to be. You may think you can survive on one service a week, but what you, what you those who need encouragement... Will they even notice that you're missing? It influences our friends, our relatives, and our neighbors. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, be, they may because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. You see, what's important to me and the reason I'm so, so passionate about this this morning is that Jesus is coming again. And if you are not ready, if you are not getting your life tuned into God, if you have fallen complacent in your walk with God, you're going to not make it. And that's going to break my heart. I challenge the Sunday school class this morning to consider that if you're on your, if you're in the line to stand before the judgment seat of God and he is outcast to those who are not going to make it and that that line's coming back to your left, going to outer darkness, were weeping and gnashing of teeth are are prevalent and you see your friend walk by you and he stops and looks at you and grabs you by the shirt and pulls you up close and he says why didn't you tell me about Jesus it's going to be too late it's going to be too late it's going to be too late it's going to be too late, to be too late. because you see if you don't know him before that time your destiny's set So do you know anybody? Do you know somebody that ought to know Jesus? Do you have enough passion and love for them that you want to make sure something happens in their life? That they get to know Jesus? That they get to know the same Jesus that you know? Fourthly, we need to be at church as often as we can is to have a clear conscience. Hebrews 9.14 talks about a good conscience being important. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we uh, can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal Spirit, Christ offered Himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. We were baptized, according to 1 Peter 3.21, as an appeal for a good conscience. 1 Timothy 1.19 says we are to have faith and a good conscience. 1 Timothy one five also says that the goal of our teaching is to have a good conscience. And so disciples like Paul sought to serve God with a good conscience. Acts 24, 16 Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. Missing services contributes to a guilty conscience. When you miss, not because of illness or some other circumstance beyond your control, you feel guilty and God never intended for you to feel guilty. Haul your carcass out of bed and get to church. Well, preacher, I just don't feel good. And the next thing they always tell me is, I don't have to go to church, but I have to go to work. Bang! Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Because you see, you see, somebody died for you. Somebody gave their life for you. The least you can do is haul that carcass out of bed we don't even start till 9:30 oh my goodness and there's not a traffic issue in jinx you want to go to the store on sunday go at 9:30 in the morning nobody's there so you shouldn't have any trouble getting to church you really don't need a lesson like I've been preaching, a message like I've been preaching. Common sense tells you that you'd be better off assembling with the Lord's people. A guilty conscience soon leads to a hardened conscience. A conscience that becomes seared so that it no longer functions properly. 1 Timothy four two says, These people are hypocrites and liars. Their consciences are dead. People who used to come who don't come and when you start to preach the way I've preached today and it starts to get get them a little uncomfortable and they don't feel good and by golly they're going to leave here and man he just yelled this morning and I don't like it when he yells (laughs) he said some stuff that hurt my feelings and by golly I am never going back there hey next week I'll preach about fluff and butterflies and how anointed we all can be because of the butterflies in our life. Fat chance. Once your conscience is hardened regarding attendance, it's more likely to become hardened against doing what's right in other areas. Could you say what the writer of Hebrews did in chapter 13 and verse 18? He says, For we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things, desiring to live honorably. If we make it a habit not to attend all the services of the church, we can really say, or can we really say, we have a good conscience in all things, desiring to live honorably. So worship team comes back to help me close. Why do we attend every service? The faithful and fruitful child of God attends to fulfill the commands of God to grow and develop spiritually to help the church function properly, to provide a good example and influence to be ready, watching and waiting, and to have a clear conscience. For such reasons, and many others, the faithful child of God will have the same attitude expressed by the sweet singer of Israel in Psalm 122, one when he says, I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Is that your attitude? Is that your attitude? That you're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Hey folks, I want you to know something. We broke a hundred today. There's a hundred and two people here today. Isn't that great? If all of you will promise to come back next week and bring somebody with you. It's going to be ugly. It would be really ugly. You know why? I can't put all of you in here. We would have to carry chairs and have people sit in chairs in church because there's no pew space left. Wouldn't that be fun? And if you come early, you get the padded chair, and if you don't, it's folding hard chair. You see where I'm at? 102 today. Praise God. There was a time when we were all shoulder to shoulder wondering how in the world are we going to try to meet next week when we're so packed in here. And you know what the average attendance was? 120. So folks, it could happen. But it can't happen without you. It will never happen without you. Oh, God can make things happen. He's very capable of making things happen. But He has chosen to let you and I be involved in what happens. Why He chose that, I don't know. But that was His choice. I need to be faithful. Where do you find yourself today? Lord, we just ask You to moving our hearts today oh god it's it's been hard it's been hard at times to get excited about coming to church because you know there's so several who are just hardened and they don't want to talk about it they don't even want you to come by their house and talk about it because they're guilty their conscience is seared over and father they just they don't want anything to do with it well lord will you bust through that hardness Will you use our positive words, our encouraging words, our hugs, our smiles, our pats on the back, our handshakes, our our terrific greetings? Would you use those, Father, to melt down the walls of bad conscience? Father, would we send a, a note this week, make a phone call this week to somebody we didn't see today? They might have even been here. We just didn't see them. But wouldn't it be refreshing for somebody to know that they were missed? Lord, we just ask You to do a mighty work in this church. Continue to help us and encourage us to stay out of Your way. And Father, we will give You all the praise, the glory, and the honor that is due You and Your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in Him we pray. Amen. You're here this morning. Have a seat.
6: So...
4: as we forgive those who trespass against us. not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the
2: kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.
6: All right. As we get ready to leave, as we get ready to join hands, I'm going to give a challenge to you. After what the preacher said, I feel convicted to talk to somebody at work. And what I'd like you to do as you're joining hands, as you're getting ready to sing Bind Us Together, I want you to look over before the song's over, not necessarily right this minute, and say, I'm going to ask and fill in the blank to come to church next week. If you commit that to somebody and they know you said it, maybe that'll help you think about it throughout the week. And I'll do that to somebody over here and say who I'm going to ask. I'm going to say, hey, come to church. I don't have to be a big witness thing. Just, hey, you want to come to church? Because we're going to have 204 next week. Got it? So for fun just for fun so let's join together let's uh sing and, and wouldn't it be cool to be holding 200 and i'd be actually that'd be 408 hands so it'd be right. good right. bind
2: us together lord bind us
0: together
2: with cords that cannot be broken bind us together lord bind us together lord bind us with love there is only one God there is only one key there
6: is only one body
2: that is why
6: we can sing. Sing it only if you mean it.
2: Bind us together,
6: Lord bind us
2: together with cords that cannot be broken bind us together lord bind us together lord bind us together with love
6: before you let go tell him i just told him who i'm going to bring i'm going to ask him You tell him nobody did it yet i know all right we'll see all 204 of you next week